Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as they discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Hey, everybody. We have my friend Leslie on today, and we're super excited. She has been a business owner for a while now, and she has a great, a lot of great insight, and especially for those of you that are wanting to push past what you're currently doing, she's going to be a really good resource. So Leslie, go ahead and say hi. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> and <Leslie>. fun, <laughs> fun fact, Leslie lives in California, and Jenny and I are obviously central time. So we're sitting in the dark while Leslie's in the sunlight over there, which people will see when we put this on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so Les, what? It's, it's, I said, it's the sunshine tax. We pay for it, but we do get to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leslie, tell us about what your first business was and how it started and all of the things that we want to know about it. Yeah. So I never thought I was going to own a business ever in my life. Like I was almost kind of anti-business. I was one of those people who like, you'd see the business majors walk across campus. I'm like, oh, they think they're so cool. And like, they know everything, but they don't like, they're just tricking people into taking their money. Like I had the worst view of business owners. And then I graduated, I got married, had a couple of kids and it was 2018 and my husband's sister was getting married and I had done like little sketches before just like for myself and for my husband as like little gifts, but I was like, by no means an artist. Um, anyways, I was trying to figure out what to give her for her wedding. And my husband's like, well, how about you draw her and her husband, like a cute little couple's photo. And I was like, okay, sure. So I, I had my iPad and my iPad pencil. I love to doodle on. And I drew a picture for her and I did her love story. So I did the date that she had her first kiss and then the date that they got engaged. And then the date they were going to get married is like sort of this tri-panel love story drawn out situation. Um, and I gave it to her and she's like, oh my gosh, I love this. You should totally sell this. And I was like, what? Like, why, why would I sell that? She's like, no, you should like get on Etsy or something. And I'm like, okay. And so I did, I got on Etsy and I opened up my first little shop in the summer of 2018, in like August. Um, had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, well, that was fun. Like I, I'd be willing to do that again. And so I was on there for a couple months, nothing really happened. And then I thought, wait a second, what if I took those photos and I printed them out, like the artwork that I made, I printed it out and I'd put it on a wood slice ornament. Maybe that would be cool for the holidays. And so I did, and it definitely took off. And that first holiday season that I had a couple months after I opened my shop was crazy. Um, and I just made ornaments for like three months straight. And so people would send me their photos. A lot of times they wanted pictures of like their whole family, but they didn't have one with everyone in it. So they'd send me a few different pictures and I would kind of combine all of them together and draw them out. Um, so I did that. And then, yeah, I, I had that business for three years. I closed my doors this past January, but oh, shoot, was I was ready to order my ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you close your shop? So I wasn't getting a lot of um, business during the year and I was trying to figure out why that wasn't happening. In fact, I bought a couple courses like marketing courses for Etsy specifically to see if I could figure out where that disconnect was. Cause obviously my product is very seasonal, but I thought like, well, if they like it on an ornament and they like it on their tree, wouldn't they like it year round? Like why, why don't they want the artwork as well? Cause I, I sold digital 
um, files as well of the actual artwork. So they could take it and print it as many times as they wanted. Um, but for whatever reason that wasn't taking off. And so I did a few Christmas seasons and every season just got worse. Basically like I would raise my prices a little bit and I was probably still underpricing myself, but it's just that crazy holiday rush where like I was working up until like, you know, Christmas Eve, trying to finish the orders that like got sent back and I had to fix them. And it just, it just became like a lot. And so I was trying to figure out a way that I could spread out over the year. And I never quite could quite nail that down. So, um, well, what I was going to ask was how you structured your pricing, but it sounds like maybe you were still playing around with that and making it work. Yeah. So with my digital artwork, so I did digital portraits. Um, I did pricing. So I had like the number of characters in the image, right? So pets and people are all considered characters and I would price per person. So it would start off like a base price of like $50 for two people. And then I would add, I think I had like $7 per person after that. Um, And then with the ornaments, I would do that same pricing model, but I would put it on top of the cost of the physical items that I needed, right. To pay for. And then as well as the extra time on my part with like printing off the photo and, you know, gluing it onto the wood thing, slicing. um, I mean, I'm putting holes into the slices, stringing them up, shipping all that stuff. So I kept my time consuming. Yeah. And I got better and better every year. Like the first year, it was just like back at my sweet self. And I just want to be like, sweetheart, let me just help you think through this a little bit better. But I was, (laughs) I was ordering the images one at a time through Costco. And so I would like finish the image and it was a lot of back and forth with customers too. So like I'd send them the first draft, they'd approve it. I'd finish it off and they'd be like, actually, let's change this and let's change this and let's change this. And I didn't have any policies in place for like, you only get two changes or you have to let me know with height. Like very first thing, like I was again, had no idea what I was doing. So it was, it was definitely a trial and error situation where I had to figure out like, no, I need to be communicating to them what I need. Cause they don't know. Right. Like if mm-hmm. I let them, they're just going to make changes for weeks. Right. Yeah. I actually want to wear an orange shirt, not a green shirt. Quest oh, <laughs> came in. Like I had a quest, like where they had a big group family photo of like their grandma and their aunts and uncles. And I draw them like exactly as I saw them on the photo. She's like, yeah, actually my grandma's a lot fatter than that. <laughs> 20 pounds. I was like, uh, okay. Is grandma okay with this? I feel like I represented her pretty accurately. So I'm like, okay, I'm just rounded this out. And they're just going. It was really funny. Or another one I, I charge for pets. Right. Um, and they're like, how much do you charge for fish? And I was like, um, the same as a dog, I guess. (laughs) What are we thinking? Like, are we thinking like a barracuda in the picture? Or is this like a goldfish? And so I actually had a few family photos where I had like this cute little goldfish bowl with three fish in it that were very specific. It was really cute. But I was like, I feel weird charging like per fish. So maybe we'll just charge per bowl, like (laughs) all kinds of fun little requests that people had. Go ahead, Jenny. I was going to say that my husband would be mad that I included the fish (laughs) (laughs) that. So that does seem really time consuming because it's not like you could bulk, um, like how we can batch our products kind of, you can't really do that as everything's so individualized. So like how long, if you did want to start to finish, how long would it one of those take for somebody? Yeah. Um, initially it took me probably like, 
three hours if you count drive time. Cause again, mm-hmm. I wasn't with everything I got better. So probably my third holiday season, I could get the first draft out probably within 30 minutes. And then depending on how fast they responded back, I could, and how many changes they wanted. Um, the artwork itself would probably take about an hour, depending on how many portraits. Um, but then I would like ship it off to be printed and then I'd get that back and then I um, assemble it. So start to finish for one, it would probably be like three hours shipping all included. But during the holiday season, since I was getting like several per day, I could batch a little bit. So I would draw like five at a time and then I'd get them all approved. And then I'd send all those to be photo printed and I'd come back, assemble all those, ship all those at the same time. And then I found out that you could just drop them in the blue box instead of going all the way to the post office and waiting in line. So that cut my time down like in half. (laughs) Um, So there was a little bit of batch batching possible there, but yeah, not, there's nothing I could do ahead of time, right? Until the order came in, there was nothing I could really do aside from having all my envelopes ready to go and having my wood slices ready to go. But beyond that, it was a lot of intensive work per order. Right. Okay. So you got over what, well, like it, it just didn't seem worth it at some point, especially because Christmas was your busy season. So I actually met Leslie in, and we both took a course to write, uh, online courses, which basically are digital products that are meant to sell in the background where you don't have to think about them. Like you basically put a ton of work up front and then it runs itself in the background And so, um, Leslie, when you closed your Etsy shop, you decided to do this. So tell us, there's so much to talk about about this. So tell us, one, how you found out about digital products. Two, um, well, let's start there. How did you find out about digital products? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I had purchased a course that was going to help me market my Etsy shop. And one of the things that they recommended doing is growing your email list because you can market to them better. You can keep them, keep yourself front and center in front of your audience. And so of course, in order to get people on your email list, you need to offer them something. Right. And so as part of this course, they encourage us to create like a free um, offer that people would want, but would also highlight our product. And so since my product is artwork that you put in your home, I decided that my audience, I niched down to moms that wanted to buy gifts for their family members and for themselves that were really intentional and added to the decor of their home in a way that wasn't trendy, but was like timeless and really classic. Um, And it would double as something beautiful to look at, but also, you know, like you have that sentimental value of it being your family. Right. And so I decided to offer for free in exchange for people's emails, this intentional home design guide where I put together a list um, in this little ebook format with like lots of pictures of how to add intentional design elements into your home that go beyond just like the trendy throw pillows you'd get at Target, right? Because you just keep consuming those and then you keep trading them out and you're never really satisfied. Um, And there's always something new, right? And so I'm a person who really values um, things that are filled with purpose and intention. And so I created this guide and I highlighted my product a few times throughout this guide. So I had a section on um, like adding dimension to walls. So not just frame photos, but adding something that's a little bit different than your average frame photo. And I put my artwork as an example for that. Or I had one for telling your family's story throughout your home. So you can have pictures of like you now, but you want to tell the story of like how your family, you know, came to be. And then I put my love story artwork in there with like the first kiss engagement wedding And I add on babies every time too. So like the little artwork just keeps growing. 
Um, so yeah, I made that guide and I highlighted my own artwork several times throughout that. And I thought this is perfect. Like I'll send this to them. They'll read through it. They'll see, Oh, that's a cute piece of artwork. And then realize, put two and two together. I'm the one who makes that and they'd order for me. Right. So that's, that was my first digital product, I guess it was free. I just gave it out, um, in exchange for an email, but that's what I started with. And then the course said that if you wanted to, you could kind of bulk out that product and sell it. And it would still do double duty. So it would also be advertising for you at the same time that it would be bringing in a little bit of um, revenue. And so you could add it to your Etsy shop just as like a digital download. And then people could purchase it and then go from there. Which again, you made it all up front, but then every time it sold, it's... So how much was that first ebook? Not the one that you... Was there a freebie, but the next one? So the next one I had priced at... Uh, I want to say it was either 17 or 27. It was a pretty sizable ebook too. It was like 40 pages. Um, with, I think, I can't remember how many ideas there were. I think there were like 17, 18 ideas. And then I had some resources at the back of like, where you can purchase certain things that I had, um, featured. And I also brought in other shops that I could like kind of cross-referenced. So I think I had the price point at 17 or 27, but I never actually listed it in my shop because right when I was about to do that, I found this course that I met Christina through and she was like, Hey, remember that idea that I gave you? Well, let me teach you how to make it a full actual course that could possibly replace your Etsy shop income. So right as I was about to push publish and list it, I decided to go this other route instead and drop the Etsy shop because I was so burned out. It was January. So I was like, never again. We're never doing the holiday again. <laughs> we just talked about burnout on our episode last week, which mm-hmm. comes out tomorrow from recording this podcast. But yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. So that's happened. I never actually listed it, never actually sold it. I just went straight from that to let me turn it into a full course. And what is your course? So my course, I teach moms how to get their phones. I mean, sorry, how to get their photos off their phones and into the hands and hearts of their kids. So all of us have cell phones, which is a beautiful thing with awesome cameras. But at the same time, it's kind of the biggest blessing and curse we have because we think we have unlimited storage. We can just take photos forever and ever and ever. We never actually print them, right? So our kids don't actually have access to them. They don't have the books. They don't have them where they can actually hold them and enjoy them. So I have figured out a system that helps me keep my photos safe and organized so I don't lose them if my toddler decides to throw my phone in the tub again. Um, And then I teach them once they're organized and safe, how to make beautiful photo books that are filled with intention and meaning and don't have to take hours to make. That's really cool. So So I, yeah, I was going to say, I kind of took that initial product idea and I, I thought like, well, I'd love to teach people how to design like their home, but I know nothing about home design. And really what I'm actually passionate about is getting your photos into your home in really creative ways. Um, And that's something that I've just kind of figured out over the years. And I've had my friends and family tell me like, oh, I wish I had like, I wish I had you to come into my house, like just take my photos and do what you did in your house to mine. And I thought like, oh, well, it's not that hard. Like everyone knows how to, you know, get their photos off their phone. Like, no, I have like seven years worth of photos on my phone. Like, oh. I didn't realize that. So the more I talk to my friends and family, they're like, no, like you actually, you have something going for you there. We have not figured this out. So if you have, please tell us. And then that's how I decided to dial down into just the photo aspect of the intentional home design. 
I'm planning on taking Leslie's course because I have like 38,000 photos just from 2021. <laughs> oh, yes. And, a year. <laughs> and I love the idea. I heard you talking on your Instagram about let like your kids sit and look at these photo books that you make um, just for like you do yearly, right? Yeah. So I do one book per child and I print those on their birthday. So from birth to one is one book from one to two is one book. And then on their second birthday, I would print the book from the year before. And then I also have a family yearbook, which is all the photos that like everyone would appreciate looking at. Cause not everyone's going to want to see, you know, like the 5,000 paper airplanes that my son made, but he's going to want to remember that. Um, so in the family book, I put like family vacations and family events and just like the everyday, um, things you'd want to capture. And then those more specific things, kids artwork goes in each child book. My plan is when they go off to college, I send them off with their child books and then I keep the family books. So that's one of the things that breaks my heart the most is I hear people like it, the ones who are really passionate about making photo books. They spend all this time like pouring their heart and soul into these books and then they just leave with their kids when they turn 18 and they never see them again. And the kids may or may not appreciate them at that point. So like who knows if they're actually going to keep them or take care of them. Um, I, my mom kind of ended up in that spot where she made us... Um, these beautiful scrapbooks and she gave it to us when we went to college. And I really loved mine because I was just that sentimental type of person. But with my brothers, like, I don't know if she's ever going to see those books ever again. <laughs> yeah. But Jenny and I have all boys. So they're going to be like, ah, uh. um, yeah. so one of my favorite things, my mother-in-law, uh, keeps photos from everything, like all like actual printed photos from when they were younger, when they started having babies, my mom too. Um, but most of those I've seen cause I was there and a part of it, but I love looking at photos. I sat in my mother-in-law's office one time and just went through all of these photos she had just fingered through them. And I just thought like you, you forget I didn't know them before I entered into the family with Tyler. And so seeing those photos were so cool, like seeing Tyler younger and seeing the grandparents and seeing her and she's really good at scrapbooking and making the scrapbooks, but it's so crazy how special photos are. And, um, like, you're right. Like look at the Facebook outage the other day. Like <laughs> our photos are not safe on our devices. <laughs> and the irony, like when you think about, the previous generation and how they did photos is they had way less photos than we did. Part of it was time. Part of it was money. Like you had to put a lot of effort into getting your photos, right? Like you have to go to the photo developing shop, leave your stuff there. Hope they didn't mess it up. Come back an hour later and you have 24 photos. I was just going to say, you have 24. I right? remember those being at the zoo field trip being like, do I take a picture of this dolphin right. or do I wait? <laughs> Not worth it. Yeah. We were so limited, but on the flip side, we looked at our photos way more back then than we did now. So the irony is, I mean, now we have like endless capacity. We could take thousands and thousands per day and still have room. But how often do you actually sit down and look at photos from last month or photos from last year or photos from Christmas, right? Like we just, I think we're so overwhelmed with the quantity. And this is, I think, a metaphor for life in general right now is that we can't really appreciate any of the quality because we're just, we're totally drowning in them. So I don't think we should go back to the way it was like, well, we should only take physical photos and just print them off. Uh, but I think we can find a happy medium in between there where we can take principles that our grandparents and parents had to operate from and just apply them with the ease that we have now in our digital world and create these beautiful things for our families to enjoy. 
So do you still offer the original freebie too, or that it's not really wall art, it's more photo books? So I'm actually, I'm putting the finishing touches on my second course. My first course was camera roll cleanup. And that was just how to get your photos safe and organized. So that's step one. Like that's <laughs> keeps me up at night thinking of how many people just are leaving it to chance. Your phone is not a hard drive, my friends, like get them off. So my first <laughs> course is how to get your photos off your phone and just safe and organized. And my second course that I'm launching soon is going to be now that you have them organized and stored and ready to go, how do you create a photo book? And how do you do it in an intentional way that's not going to take forever? Um, and one of my bonus assets that I'm including for my second course is actually that same guide that I created, what, a year or so ago. And I show how if you have you have these photo books, right? But other people have also asked me, well, like, well, I feel okay about the photo books, but how do I get them on my walls? And how do I incorporate candid photos into my home? It's like, I get it. I can take my, my um, professional family photos every year, throw them on my gallery wall, and I'm good. But like, what about that cute photo of my daughter at the beach with her saggy diaper because it's like soaked through? Or what about the photo of them like eating cotton candy at the zoo? That wouldn't quite make the living room family wall, but it's still something that I would love to look at every day. And so I'm including that same guide of how to incorporate candid photos into your home in a way that's going to serve your family and kind of reinforce a lot of those values that you want to pass on to your kids. I love that. So I feel like, I would love to come up with something digital that can like live online and sell itself. But I feel so stuck from jumping from like can making candles. to what is the digital thing? So I heard you say like you listened to what people told you that you thought everybody could just do um, that maybe wasn't natural for everybody. But do you have any other tips of like how to figure out what you could do digitally? Yeah. So if you have a physical product, chances are you already are pretty aware of who your audience is, right? Like you're doing your homework the way you should be. You know, like what age they are, what they're into, what their interests are, what their biggest pain points are, what their fears are. And so I would just dive, like revisit that list again, look at your audience and see where you're currently serving them. And then try to find like a branch off or maybe just an expansion of how you can continue to serve them, but in an educational way, instead of as a, like, let me give you this product that's going to solve something for you. Um, that's kind of how I started out is like, my product was, here's this artwork that's going to be beautiful in your home. And I kind of expanded it one step out. I'm like, okay, well, the people that are going to want my artwork are not people that are shopping, you know, every single day at TJ Maxx. They're people who want to be really intentional about it. And so I thought, what else could I help them with? as they're trying to create this really intentional life. And that's how I kind of expanded that. So with your candle shop, what, like, I mean, tons of people sell candles, right? But what is your specific niche? Like, what is your audience really into? Um, so my target audience is concerned about the ingredients in candles. So um, more like essential oils, uh, phthalate-free, like eco-friendly, that kind of thing that yeah, care so, about like holistic things. So I'm actually edging into your target market. That's something that I've been trying to educate myself around recently. Um, and it kind of ties into your home design too, right? Like you think about like, Oh, I want to buy this rug. And then you think like, wait a second, like, is that rug actually good for us? Like, is it filled with a tons of flammable retardant chemicals that are actually not going to be good for our family? So what I would do if I were you is I would create like a home guide, if you know a lot about that, or you could research, learn about it. 
of like not only beautiful products, but safe products and like give them a rundown. Like these are what the most popular chemicals are. This is what they mean. And these are the ones that are okay. These are the ones you absolutely do not want to have in your home. Here's some happy mediums with like price points across. I think like a guide like that would be awesome. And just go through like the average things you'd have in your home and what those common um, chemicals are than some replacements. That's really good. Yeah. And I think that's just just off the top of your head. (laughs) I know. Leslie's good. She's good. good. Um, I think too, I mean, my, those of you who know that I wrote a social media course, which has nothing to do with sewing or my shop. In fact, I feel like it was, it was challenging because like Leslie, you took your, because you're not doing your Etsy shop anymore. And they were the same uh, niche as far as like target market goes. So you could just flop your Instagram to your new course where Mm -hmm. my target market for beautiful chaos is not my target market for the social media course. Cause my target market now is like small business owners and people doing their own social media. So I had to like start that completely over, but so like you could do what Leslie did and do something digital that expands from what, what your shop was and what your market already was or something you're just re- like so many people were like, Christina, your social media, blah, 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 that I kind of rolled with that. But I mean, Jen, you're good at so many things, but it could go either or for your digital products. Like it could be if you if you want to keep it small and sell it through your shop, then definitely has to be the same target market. But if you have something you really want to teach on and um, I mean, you could technically teach people how to make candles, but I don't know if you want to do that because that's your thing. I feel no, I mean, I have thought about that, but I feel like then there's still like a physical product they need because they still need the stuff to make the candles. Yeah, so but they like- would be in charge of that because we have people doing the course with us who have done are, are writing sewing courses and they don't send them the materials. Do they, Leslie? I don't think so. I think that Other they that does like a chocolate course too. And they for sure are not shipping food. Oh, items country. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah that so, is another option. I, yeah. yeah. Cause I, and some people are nervous. Of, oh my gosh, I'm going to teach those people how to make my product. But because it's a, a course that they're paying for it almost, you know, you make money from it. So it's not like you're freely giving out your recipes or anything. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Those are really good ideas. That's why I feel just stuck in like, well, I like how Leslie said, listening to what others are saying you're good at and just like niching down and finding the pain points that maybe isn't a physical product, but is more. Well, and I'll tell you something you're really good at Jenny that I would love is a guide to, um, uh, vignettes. Cause you used to do vignettes, but like, mm-hmm. I, I just want someone to say like tall, short, like draw, almost make like a drawing of like something tall, something short, something wide. Like, I don't know. Cause oh, I don't good. ever, yeah. I don't ever know how to set that. Do you Leslie? I don't. Me neither. Like, I'm always like, you should see my entry <laughs> table. It's such a hodgepodge. Cause I don't know what looks good together or what things to get at the store to, to make it look good for decorating. Yeah. That's good. Thanks guys for those ideas. <laughs> I just have a bunch of words written down. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, I want to hear. Okay. So you switch to digital products because you want 
while it takes a lot of work up front, you want it running in the background. But I want to hear you picked what you were going to do. What did it like? What were the hardest year nine months in to Mm -hmm. making creating this course? Like what, tell me some of the hardest parts and some of the, some of the hardest parts. And then some of like the really great parts that you weren't expecting to have already met being nine months in. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. So one thing, like I told you at the very beginning, I hated business. I thought it was the worst. I got my Etsy shop and what I actually fell in love with was the marketing. Like after a while, I mean, I still enjoyed drawing sort of, but I just couldn't wait to get back to marketing. I thought that was so much fun. And so the idea of being able to drop the time intensive part of a business, I mean, it still takes time, right? But the time intensive personalized orders, you can never get ahead. Like the idea of being able to drop the physical part and keep the marketing. And in fact, like 80% of it is marketing sounded really intriguing to me because I just, I loved marketing. So that's been really fun. I already had a passion for it, but being able to really focus on that has been really, really fun. Um, and when it does come time to create content for it, it's it's way less than I thought it would be. I thought I would be spending like half my time creating content, half my time marketing it. Um, but really it's been it's been pretty along the lines of 80-20. Would do you feel similar, Christine, on your end? Mm-hmm. Way less creation than I thought it would be. Um, so I really enjoy the creation parts just because I'm usually coming off of like weeks of marketing and prep work. And then it's like, okay, it's time to create something now. And I just love it. And I just mm-hmm. deep dive and I like, I light my candle and I set out my music and I get all my sticky notes and I just like go to town in this very creative process. And I love it. Well, um, probably because so it's what you're good at too, because the creating part, you're just taking everything that you've been doing for years in your head and putting it on paper. So that could be why it's easier to, to create it. Yeah, definitely. So that's been, that's been something I didn't expect was that ratio. Um, what did you ask the hardest part? Yeah. What are some of the hardest? Just like your mindset around it. Like for the longest time, like, okay, like I got to get this out. I got to get this out now. And then I finally had it out in the world. And I'm like, Oh shoot. What if somebody buys it? Like, please don't (laughs) buy it because they're like, maybe they won't like it. And then maybe they want a refund. And like, what if I'm lying to everybody? So it's just so Oh, funny. I identify with that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think we like, undervalue ourselves. And then it's like, oh, I hope nobody buys it because I can't <laughs> handle myself if something goes wrong. And so far, nothing's happened. I've been fine. But just like moving through those stages of business and like your brain comes with you no matter where you're at, like whether you have zero sales or a hundred sales, like you have the same brain. So that's been the hardest part is taking myself with me and just still having to work on those things. Um, but it's been good too, because that's how you grow, right? I wrote something down when you were talking in the beginning about when you started, um, when you did the painting for your sister-in-law's wedding, I think you said, and yeah. you, people were telling you, you should sell this, like all this stuff. And you were like, what? And I wrote down, like, people find value in us before we do. Absolutely. And I feel like that's really interesting. And I think, I feel like that's been the hardest part about writing a course as you get in your head. I mean, I'm not shy on this podcast and say uh, people on who listen know that I was not good at school. So sometimes when I'm writing the course and then have to push it, you know, there's that imposter syndrome. That's like, you can't teach people like there, there's nothing you can teach people that they don't already know. But I think that's when it comes easy to you, that means you do have something to teach people because you're not putting like hours into you're putting hours into making the course, but you're not putting hours into the thing you're teaching. And that just means it's easy. I could never go make a candle 
within a short amount of time because I'm not gifted in that and haven't done it forever, you know? So I think we do, we undervalue ourselves and that's tough. Yeah. And especially when it comes to digital products, like with the advent of the internet, like literally everything is Googleable. Like your answer is either on YouTube or Google for everything. So part of me was like, well, why even make this then? Like anyone can look it up. Anyone can figure it out. That's how I figured it out, right? Was searching and reading and comparing and trying different things. Um, But then someone told me that, well, your unique contribution to the world is all of your experiences that are surrounding all that learning that you pull into it that you weren't even aware of. So I, uh, as every mom probably did, got really into photography when my first baby was born, right? Like bought my little DSLR and bought my course, like taught me how to take cute photos of my kid. And I actually took a course called photojournalism where it talked about like this professional photographer who's very world famous. She would do these home sessions where she would go in and just capture a day in the life. And she was very hands-off. Like she wanted it captured exactly how it was happening. She wouldn't touch lights. She wouldn't ask people to move. Like she was just observing and capturing like this beautiful, just this day in the life. And then she would give it to them in a book. She wouldn't give them any digital photos. She's like, no, my work is meant to be enjoyed in a physical format. Here you go. You're welcome. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I still pull elements and principles from watching that course today, like in my own life and into my own course. So that's like something that happened five years ago that I'm drawing on now. And there's elements from like my major, I studied speech therapy and human development. And so I know how important it is for kids to have a connection to their family history and to have like connection to their family identity and photos are like a done for you way to do that. Right. Like you can pull up photos of when they were little and be like, Hey, look, remember when you couldn't ride a bike and now you could and teach them a lesson about resilience. Right. So I have all these little unique experiences in the combination that no one else in the world has. And I'm able to pull them together and weave them through my course in a way that no one else can. And so that's how I'm contributing to the world in a way that Google and YouTube can never compare with. Mm. I just saw a meme today that said, whenever you're feeling doubt about your business or other people are doing what you're doing, go to the bread aisle at the (laughs) store and see how many brands are selling bread and they're all still there. And everybody likes a different bread. Um, We all have like our preference and that's how we should all feel is like people which is why I have my course because it's, well, why should I buy from you and not somebody else? And so it's prim- like you being you to your people. But um, I saw that today and I was like, I like that. I'm sure I've seen it before, but it hit me today. <laughs> I love that. It's totally true. Jen, do you have any other questions about a digital course? Or oh, digi- sorry, my, my digital like- course, digital product. Oh, that's probably... Yeah. Leslie, you probably know better than me. Like what, give some examples of what a digital product could be. So like a course is like the fullest digital product. Yeah. So a digital product, when I say product, I think of like, um, like a download or something that I could consume, not as an educational way, but as something I could use. So for example, if you had like digital download for nursery art or something, or you could download a planner that had like customizable, you know, you could put in your things into this really cutely designed um, digital planner that you could print out and make into your own binder or something that you could potentially buy at a store, but you just happen to be buying it online instead and doing a lot of the printing on your own. So that's what I think of when I think of product. And then a course is like almost solely educational value. And there may be some elements of it that like, 
help you get your results faster with like some checklists that you can download, but that's like supplementary to the core product and the, the core offer, I guess, would be that education, that learning piece. Which the learning piece could be as simple as an ebook. Yeah. Or it's like a little guide or your quick start guide to um, a clean home. Like which things you need to ditch today and which ones you want to replace them with. Like be really small, like bite-sized, or it can be like a full-on. Sign me up for that course. (laughs) So do you both, now that you have done a course to write a course, do you definitely recommend having someone help you like learn how to do that? Like we shouldn't just dive into this on our own. That was valuable. Um, yeah. So something that I've heard that I really love, it's a business metaphor, is that you can either invest time in your business or money in your business. And it's just two different ways of going about it, right? I think uh, I'm all about happy mediums. And so I did a blend of both where I'm willing to invest a lot of time initially and kind of take it slow and like make mistakes and alter things and try again. Like I'm not needing to get income in my pocket tomorrow, right? If I did, then I'd go become a waitress. And that's a really (laughs) fast way to get money, right? Um, But you can either hunt for your business or you can grow your business like a garden. So think about like hunting versus gathering. You can go hunt and that's like pouring a ton of money into your business and you get results fast, but it's at a high expense, right? Like a lot of energy to go hunt down a bear or whatever you're going to eat. Probably not a bear. (laughs) Or you could garden, right? You could plant those seeds and you can nourish them. And like a year later, you'd have this beautiful crop that's ready for you. So if you're the type of person who's impatient and just wants to get it going now, then absolutely go find yourself somebody who's going to be able to teach you and walk you through and help you avoid a lot of those missteps and roadblocks that you're going to inevitably make. Um, But if you don't have the money or you don't really feel like spending the money or you want the fun, creative process of learning this, then I would say... Maybe you don't really need someone to hold your hand the whole way. And you could probably learn a lot online um, and do it yourself. But I chose the happy blend of both. And I found someone who they this course didn't teach me how to create the content um, necessarily, but a lot of the marketing was in there. So okay. I felt confident enough. I'm like, okay, well, I know what I want to offer. And I think I can figure out what the best way is to teach that to people. I love teaching, love teaching adults. So that wasn't something that I needed help with. Um, but that marketing piece, I had no idea on. So I'd recommend a blend of both. Okay. A little bit of money. Of- yeah, I like that answer. And that kind of is for our courses as well. Like you can probably figure it out all your on your own. But if you have a little bit to invest, we can help you. Um, I too, I think too, like when it's an ebook or um, something a little bit, you know, simpler than a mega course, I, I think it'd be easier doing it on your own. Yeah. Um, I still think you would need a little bit of guidance, but not, I don't think I would have been able to write this course without doing our course. Just, well, one, like meeting Leslie. And then there's a few other girls that we um, constantly talk back and forth. That's been really helpful. And I don't think without them and their feedback that I could have done it, but they have feedback because they're doing it too. So um, that's been incredibly helpful. And then the, the girl teaching us how to write our courses, all of her copy and like just the knowledge she has around course creation and what platforms to use. Like I would not have known any of that. And like Leslie said, I could have researched it probably and figured it out, but 
From writing the course, the tech part is the most frustrating for me. I feel like that's like Leslie's gifting is the tech part, but um, the tech part has been really frustrating. And so that's helpful to have other people on the same platform that can help you figure out all of those pieces. But it's a really great option for people who are, I really enjoy making, there's no way I can stop because I have a brick and mortar, but you can get to a point where like, if you want to take a month off, like we talked about in our burnout episode of just doing you, like it would be nice to have a product that's kind of selling in the background where you don't have to sit and make every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for digital products, the slowest time of year is the holidays, right? Cause everyone's so focused on buying those physical things that like, I'm going to launch my course mid-October Um, I'm going to finish out that first group, um, by the first week in November. And then I'm not going to do anything until January because people are going to be so busy with doing all their holiday things, whether that's shopping or buying or traditions or, you know, just family time. And then I'm going to come back in January when everyone's, you know, ready to go. They don't want to buy another thing ever again because they're so sick of stuff trying to get rid of stuff. And then they're going to have these like new resolutions going and want to refresh their house. And I'm going to be like, Hey, here's a goal for you. Let's get those photos under control. So that's something that's really nice about having both is that you can have sustainable income, you know, whatever time of year it was. And at least for me, my slowest time um, during the year for my physical products was like February. Like I'd get some tail end people that are like, oh, I just missed the holiday cutoff. I'm going to order anyways in January. Then like February to March, I don't know, I guess I had Valentine's Day. So like just after that, between Valentine's Day and the end of school, it was like nothing. So Mm -hmm. that's the perfect time to promote more of a digital product when people don't want stuff. Yeah. So before we go, I think this airs before your, your course launches, right? So my course is going to launch October 14th and then Mm -hmm. it's going to, I'm going to close the doors on it on the 21st. Okay, perfect. So how do they find you? And if they're interested, do you have an email sign up? Yeah. So my website is lesliealder.com. Um, we could put it in the show notes, but it's, um, L E S L I E A L D E R. I'm also on Instagram, Leslie Alder co. Um, and yeah, it's going to be all over my website because we're in launch mode. So you can just go yeah. to my website. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm going to try to gift courses, a, a few like digital courses that I found to people this year, like as gifts. Cause I feel like so many people I know they're like, I don't need anything more like item wise. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have a person in mind that I'm wanting to get your course for. And so there might even be people listening that maybe they're super organized on their phone already, which that blows my mind. Um, (laughs) but, but maybe they know somebody who wants to get their photos. Do you help with like actual print photos, getting those organized as well? Like if people wanted to get those into photo books. So the, the course that I'm that I'm about to launch, my family photo lab, the principles can be applied to either digital or physical photos. So I, my organization course is just for the phone. Um, and I don't really touch like if you have a big box, what to do with them. But if you have them semi-organized, then you could use this new course, the family photo lab, and it would teach you how to make the books. Awesome. Yeah. Because I know that there's people too who just have a lot of prints from before... We were all digital. So yeah, I actually did. I gifted my first course, my organization course to my cousin who just had a baby. And I'm like, this is perfect. Like 
let's help you get this under control before your baby comes. Oh, it was her baby shower. So she has you take 400 but, pictures a day, right? I'm like, <laughs> trust me on this. You think you don't take photos now, but that's about to change in a couple months. So yeah, that's a great one to gift too, is that, that, um, the starting organizational one, the camera will clean up. Yeah. Any other questions before we take off? I don't think so. I'm ready to get to work on my digital <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, well, thanks so much Thank for coming you. on, Leslie. And I hope you have such a good workshop. And um, your while your course is launching, your workshop is always active in the background because it is a passive digital product. So y'all make sure to go check out her Instagram and check out her um, courses. Yes. See you later. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.